content. It, 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 it reckless describes it because we can't earn it and we don't deserve it. So I ask all of you to be in agreement with, with me, Lord, this, this world, this anger, the criticism, the prejudice, the diseases, Lord. Lord, watch over everyone, even when they don't deserve it. And I know that you just can't stop loving them anyway. But Lord, give us a little extra time to bring more to you. Give us a little extra more time to love each other, our church family, our home family, those family members that have been away for one reason or another. Because we desire, Lord, to bring you more, to bring you more. And in your name, Lord, we are seeing revival begin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. We thank you for your reckless love. Thank you, Iris. Yeah, I agree with that. There are, there, you know, there are people who, who don't like the title of the song, Reckless Love, because they're like, well, God's not reckless. And so, and it, you know, it's an art. It's a, it's a poem. It's just the, the song, it's, so it's, it's from the perspective of the writer, you know, because God gave of himself knowing that there would be many that would not accept him. And so from the writer's from our perspective, we could call that reckless. You know, praise God. Thank you, Becky. I, um, you don't have to stop if you don't want to. I'm just thanking you. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and pray once more. Father, I just ask for your help uh, to deliver this message. This is a um, just a short message about your love. Um, I pray that you help us to know how to just lean back into you and receive of you. Thank you, Lord. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I do have to apologize. I didn't have the words for you guys. And, you know, it part, it, it, a bunch of stuff happened this week that, you know, one first report is we got the fans up, you know, that, you know, and uh, Robert Martinez came, helped me out with that, and, and, uh, his, and our friend Richard, and they looked really good. Uh, while that was going on, uh, as you know, I had, I had announced that uh, Carlton Harris was going to be here with us today, and so I am not Carlton Harris, as you can tell. Um, you know, uh, he, he called me through, uh, you know, during the week, and actually, um, <clears throat> what happened was, is really he didn't, he, he asked to be excused. It was a you know, he said, I've got, I've got something going on over here, uh, he said, and I don't want to be out of line with God's will. And so, you know, just to give you a little bit of background, because it's a, it's a praise report. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good reason why he couldn't be here with us. So uh, what, what had happened was, is during the shutdown, his family's church had been shut down. They couldn't go to church. It's still shut down. They said, uh, hey, Carlton, could you, we miss church. Could you come and just teach us in the backyard, and we'll just have church in the backyard. And so his family has been meeting for several weeks, and he said, this, this last Sunday, Phil, he was like, I mean, I know I committed to you, and I'll, I'll still come if you ask me to. He said, but uh, he's like, we had uh, a, a, one of his family members who had been a minister for many years, had st- walked away from the church, walked away from God. He'd been out of the church for 15 years. He came, he came to this last Sunday's service in the backyard, and while he was teaching on love, uh, 
the man came down to the altar with several other family members, and he's just crying. He's in tears, and he says, he says, and he, he's such a proud man, he actually laid his head on my shoulder and was weeping and repenting and coming, you know, asking, asking the Lord's forgiveness. And, and he says, and that doesn't happen with this man. He was like, and so there's revival. He said, I see it as revival. I said, I do too. <laughs> revival breaking out in the backyard. And uh, yeah, praise God. So I, I said, and so he says, well, what do you think? I'm like, <laughs> I said, I'm not going to stand in God's way. If God's doing that, no, absolutely not. Stay, stay where you are, do what you're doing. I said, I'm not panicking. Um, I said, I'll look for guest speakers, which I did. I didn't find any. So I'm going to try to get a guest speaker for next week um, because I believe that other people have other gifts and they can minister and, you know, maybe I don't, I don't have what you need that week. Maybe they've got, they've got it. So um, I had, uh, <clears throat> so I did prepare a message, but it's very short. Uh, because I didn't, you know, I was like, I was strapped for time, um, trying to get these up. I tried to get, I was planning on having the TVs up, but I didn't have them, so I didn't, I don't have music, because my my body was not feeling it. I was, I'm not used to getting up and down ladders like I used to, so I was so sore, and I was like, I can't get up in the attic and climb around that jungle gym trying to, trying to get that stuff. So I, I, I I'll try to get that done next week. Um, so I apologize, I didn't have the words, but hopefully, the music ministered to you. Hopefully, you remembered, you know, some of the words and. You know, God's good. So, I, um, so like I said, uh, you know, he, he asked to be released, which is, I have a lot of respect for that, because a lot of people would just give you an excuse and say, I can't make it. But he actually asked to be excused, and I was like, wow, how, how honorable. You know, how, you know, and so uh, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, that instance in the New Testament where Paul was writing to a certain church, and he told them he tried to get Apollos, who was another, another speaker, to come down to this church, and and uh, he ended up telling him Apollos was unwilling to come at this time, uh, and he implied that it was because he had something else going on where he was. And so it's like, yeah, you know, we have to make allowance for one another with these things. When we can recognize that God's doing something, it's like, yeah, by all means, you do that over there, we'll live and not die, we'll, we'll take care of it. So, um, and God will bless us for doing that. So as I said, I want to do a little thing, I'm going to do a little differently, it's maybe a little shorter, I'm expecting this to be Maybe very short. I don't know. I mean, what I'll do is I'll I'll dis, I'll dismiss when we come to that time, and then probably say, hey, anybody who wants to tarry for a little while, you know, till for you know, we'll we'll come and we'll pray, and it's it's good to intercede for the nation at this time. Um, so uh, go ahead and and uh, that being said, turn with me to a Colossians chapter three. Book of Colossians. We don't usually go there, but it's very. I mean, it's all good, but don't usually. Start there. And, uh, you know, some, some people had mentioned to me recently that it seems like many people are in fear right now, still in fear. And I agree with that. I think that many Christians are, are still feel fearful of the times. Um, I, I think that many of them are, are afraid of the coming persecution that Jesus talked about and uh, that others are maybe fearful of making a mistake. Because I think that everyone is feeling the call in their life more um, in, a, in a more pronounced way now. You know, um, at least that's what's been ramping up in my heart, so to speak. Uh, and so uh, I think that many people are just afraid of making a mistake when they step out to do something. And, you know, and, uh, you know remember, though, that God knows what time it is. God knows what year it is. He knows when he's coming back. And he knows the plans he made for you before he formed you in the womb. 
So, you know, we can, we, there's many things that we can be fearful of, but let's, let's go ahead and take a look at this. Um, uh, starting at verse 1 here in Colossians 3, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. That last little sentence right there always, has always stirred up something in me when I read this. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Those, those words with and in are really close type words. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. In Him. You know... The times in my life where I experienced real danger, real physical danger, uh, when I knew that God was with me in those times, even though fear was present, I knew that fear couldn't touch me because God was with me. There are times when we're in such a state that we don't know anything to do but to cry out to God, and, and He meets us where we are. And we don't have to do anything but be by Him, just be by Him. Because you're safe by him. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. That word hidden in the Greek means concealed by covering, like you would cover something with a blanket. God has hidden you. He has covered you with Christ in God, in himself. In himself. That's a, that's a really close place. You know, the title of today's message is In God's Arms. It's a, it's a covering. If you may remember in the Old Testament when Ruth went to Boaz and she asked him to marry her, she said, spread the covering of your garment over me, for you are my family redeemer. And Jesus is our redeemer. Protection was included in that marriage covenant. There's a covering included in your covenant with God, the agreement that you made with him when, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord. And if you're hearing this and you, you're not sure if Jesus is your Lord and you want to, him as your Lord, it's simple. Say out loud, he's your Lord, and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, Romans 10.9. And it said here in this first verse of Colossians that, that when you do that, you are now also raised with Christ. You're raised with him. It said, if then you were raised with Christ. That means God has raised you from death too. Raised you from spiritual death. So you may walk through the valley of shadow of death, you know, as the word tells us in Psalms. You're not walking alone. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Many years ago, I came across a Bible verse by chance, it seemed. Just opened my Bible and there it was. And if that's never happened, you get ready. <laughs> but I want to share that verse with you because it's, it's been a great help to me in times that fear is present. It's Zephaniah 3.17, and it says these words. The Lord your God in your midst, that's right there among you, right there close to you. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you in his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. God likes to sing too. You know, he likes to sing over you. And, you know, that's not just poetry, that's a, that's a promise. 
And you notice that there's no qualifier with that one. Just be by him and let him do those things. When you're weak, let him be strong. Let him strengthen you. And if you're a doer, a fixer, and you don't know, how do I, how do, I do that? How do I, how do I do that? Start by telling him, Lord, I'm trusting you with this. I heard a minister say one time, and, and uh, it really rung true in my heart, is, is it's like, because we, we, a lot of times we say, okay, well, I got this problem, but that's, that's too small to bother God with. You know, that's the, but, but you know, every problem is small to God. Even your biggest problem is small to him. I mean, you say, Lord, this, this, whole, this whole thing right over here is completely falling apart. And he's like, that's, that's nothing. So you say, I'm trusting you with this. I'm, I believe you're saving me. I believe you are rejoicing over me with gladness and singing. I believe you are quieting me now in your love. You know, like you would hush a, a child that's crying, that's hurt. Shh, it's okay. You know, I've seen people before when a child falls and cries, and, and, and you can always tell the people that, don't, that haven't had a lot of experience with kids, and they're like, oh, no, are you okay? Are you? And then, of course, that scares the kid because they're like, maybe I'm not okay. But if you, if, you can, if you can see right away that it'll be okay, this is something that we can handle, and God can handle all things. So when you see this is something we can handle, it's like you're okay. You know, you've seen people that have told kids, you're okay, and their, their usual response is, oh, okay, I, I, all right, I'm okay. Because the person in authority has, has reassured them. And God wants to do that for us, you know. And it's really, it's, it's, it's just a, it, it, it's a bit of a learning curve. It's just a bit of a, I trust you. You know, it'll be, I mean, even though everything looks bad, I trust you, God. Let him reassure you. You know, so you say, I, 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 and I love that. I, I believe, I, I love that scripture, he'll quiet you in his love. Because it's like, Lord, I believe, I believe that you're quieting me in your love. When, when everything in my spirit is just bearing up and it feels like I could just explode and I don't know what to do with myself. That's when I, I, I need to, I believe you're quieting me in your love. Do you want to experience more of God's love? I think we all do, or at least we all agree that that's what we should want. I've been there, it's like, I don't know that I want more of God's love. Well, then that's the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna need to, God, I, I, I recognize that I, I, need, I, I need more of your love, and so I ask to desire. I ask for a desire. God, God can, can give you a desire, you know. He's, a, he's very patient. So, you know, really a lot of times we get caught up with things going on around us, and we forget how close to God we really are. We know we need God's presence, but these verses are telling us, hey, you're already there. Just be in his arms. You know, I know that none of these verses that we said are really literally saying that you're in his arms, but honestly, based on what these verses are saying, how much closer could we really be? The word said in Ephesians that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's your spiritual location. You're seated with him already. High above all the troubles of this life. That tells me that any time I can go to Jesus and say, Lord, I just need to sit with you in your throne for a while. Just need to be by you. Last week, I, I mentioned that saying no to sin is your birthright as a child of God. And this is too, just drawing near to God. Just being by him, hidden in Christ, quieted in his love is your right 
as his child. He doesn't want us to be affected by fear. I mean, fear is present. You know, that's why Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid because he knows that fear is present. We don't let it affect us. So uh, go ahead and turn with me over to 2 Timothy, if you would. You're going to have to go a couple, couple books forward. It's just past 2 Thessalonians. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to look in verse 7. No, I mean, we've quoted this a lot. You'll, you'll, be, you'll remember it, but I uh, don't know that we've ever actually turned here. Excuse me. 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. You know, that's one of those sentences you could just write a whole book about, isn't it? But that first phrase is such good news. God has not given you a spirit of fear. You, put it this way, you were not designed to fear. God told me one time, and this is, you know, this is related. I, I, I was reading through uh, Genesis one time and when, you know, you have them, I was just going, and I was just, you know, God just made a comment to me as I was looking at what Eve was saying to the serpent, and, you know, she, she, had, a, she had a wrong belief about whether or not she was supposed to touch the fruit. You remember that? You know, God said not even to touch the fruit. Well, God didn't say that, and that's, kind of, that's what led her down that, down that path of temptation, and she just, you know, it just kind of fell like dominoes. But God made a comment to me. He said, I did not design the mouth to speak unbelief. Our mouth is designed to speak faith. You know, it's, it's the same thing. We're not designed to fear. And, you know, for, for years and years, I struggled with congestion in my right sinus. Just during the day, I was all right, but as soon as, I, at night, as night hit, I was, you know, I was getting into bed, it was like all this congestion would just rush into this right sinus and I, I always had an issue over here with the left sinus, so it was really difficult to breathe. And it, and it would like it was, it'd come in there, and I just could not breathe. Tammy can tell you because she had to survive through snoring for a very, very long time. For years, this would happen every night. And I was living in this constant fear that it would be like this forever. I didn't realize it at the time necessarily. You know, you don't, sometimes you, you, you feel an emotion, but you're not thinking at the time that that's exactly, that's what I'm experiencing, or you're, you're not, you're not uh, necessarily able to articulate that, yes, this is fear. So I understand now, you know, that I had lived in that constant fear that it's, it's, I'd never be free of congestion. It's just a fear. And God had, you know, he had healed me of other things, so I knew how to receive healing. But sometimes, you know, you just get hung up on something. And you struggle where you feel like you shouldn't be struggling. And, and then you're mad at yourself for struggling with something that you feel like shouldn't be a problem. And that's exactly where I was. I was struggling in my faith in that area. And I, and I still had this constant fear that when I was going to lay down, that congestion was going to come. And on top of it, I had gotten to where I was actually in fear of the fear. I was actually afraid of the feeling of being afraid because I knew that I was going to feel that fear again as soon as that congestion hit, right? And I got to where I was thinking, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. 
Have you ever heard that quote, you know, the only thing to, do we have to fear is fear itself? You've heard that? You've heard that? Well, you know that that's, that's stupid. I know the original thought behind it, but it's gotten to where the context is lost, and there are actually people out there who are fearful of fear. You know. I know, because I was one of them. At least about that nighttime congestion thing, you know. So I got to where I was saying, this is, this is ridiculous. This is just not, I, I, was a, I, I shouldn't be afraid of feeling afraid, you know. And so one night I was praying, crying out to God about it. And uh, suddenly this boldness rose up in me. This boldness rose up in me, and, and, you know, I spoke to it out loud. I spoke to the congestion. I said, I do not fear you. Morning, guys. And, you know, that was a turning point in that struggle. It was like the congestion weakened. And I spoke to it again in Jesus' name, and I said, be removed and cast into the sea. And God got rid of it. Now, a couple of things on that. You know, you understand that that boldness that rose up in me to speak to it came from God, from trusting in God. Because my, my life is, is hidden in God. My life is hidden with Christ in God. Okay, and, and I wasn't necessarily looking for that. I, w- I was just crying out to God. Because he, he's my source. So just, just being by him, just being by God will bring, out, will bring out things in you that you weren't expecting, first of all. And then it'll also bring about change in our lives. And in that case, you know, God... He just prompted me, enabled me to confront the fear. Sometimes fear needs to be confronted. Not always. You know, sometimes God will just take care of it, or you can just take care of it in the faith that you've built up from reading the Word, because faith comes by hearing the Word. And, you know, some people may, may think it's weird that, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's kind of weird that you just out loud spoke to, a, to this stuffy nose and said, and, you know, I don't fear you. You know, it sounds weird. But, you know, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, whoever says... Whoever says to this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt but believes that those things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. He wasn't talking about literal mountains and seas. He was talking about problems in our lives that trouble us, things that inspire fear. And as that verse said, you know, God, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's not, I'm not designed to fear. So, God, so Jesus has authorized us to speak to things in his name. And I love the next part of the verse which said, it says he's not given us a spirit of fear, he's given us instead a spirit of power, spirit of love, and a sound mind. So I don't need to let fear overwhelm me. God, God has given me a sound mind Fear has no place in us if we look to our identity in Christ, seated with Christ, hidden with Christ, covered by Christ, quieted in God's love. Turn with me here from, to, uh, first John, from here to 1 John chapter 4. Nearing the end, you've got to go forward, so you're going to have to go past Hebrews first, second Peter. 1 John 4. I could quote it to you, but I want you to see it. And so that last verse that we read said, God's given us a spirit of power and love. And we're going to read just the first part of verse 18 here in John 4. It says, 
There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Casts out fear. So fear cannot exist in the presence of God's kind of love. Perfect love. Unconditional love. There's nothing that you can do to make God love you more than he loves you now. He doesn't love anyone else more than he loves you. He loves you the same as he loves me. His love does not alter depending on what we do. I mean, he wants us to, he wants us to live, to, to live a, a certain way. He says so. But see, he still loves everybody. That's why it's going to break his heart on Judgment Day when a lot of people have to go to hell because they didn't take him up on his offer of salvation. It's a... I love how one minister said one time, he said, this, this offer of salvation is all-inclusive. God doesn't discriminate based on race, age, gender. God is offering salvation. <laughs> I was standing in the corner of my eyes. I saw something like this. Like, do you have a word? Do you have a word, sister? No. So... Um, <laughs> This, this love, this, and so, I mean, you, th- you think, I mean, t- to me, it's, 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 you can't, it's very difficult to describe the depth of God's love. God wants us to know the depth of his love, but the truth is, is his love is infinite, goes on forever, can't be calculated, can't be given a number, it's, it's beyond what we can comprehend, and that is the love that you can be in at all times. Okay, he quiets you. That verse in Zephaniah said he he will quiet you in his love. He quiets you in that love, that kind of love. This is so good, you guys. Stay close to God wherever you go. Be by him wherever you are. I had a minister say one time, you can only be where you are. That's very deep. It's true. But wherever you are, God is with you. You may not be aware of his presence, but he's there. And as you say, God, I know you're here. See, that, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I really find in my own walk with God, it's very important to tell him, Lord, I'm drawing near to you now. Lord, I'm looking to you now. Lord, I'm by you now. Because it, 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 it reaffirms that belief in my heart. He's with me. So I can tell him, Lord, I am now putting my arms around you. You see. Be by him wherever you are, and fear can't touch you because perfect love casts out all fear. So it doesn't need to, it may be there, but it's it's like I'm not going to yield to you. I don't fear you. I don't fear fear. You see? So no matter what we face in the end times, because people ask, you know, are asking ministers all over the place now, what about the end times? What about the times we're living in? Things look really, really bad. God will, as long as you you, you are by him wherever you are, because people will say, oh, well, I want to know what God's plan is for my life. I want to do what's next. I always tell them, draw near to God. He'll tell you what to do. Because that's really, that's really the source of every assignment. You know, because it's like, I, I'm, you know, wherever I go, wherever I, wherever I go, he's traveling with me. So if he gives me an assignment, then wherever I go, he will be with me. 
but I can't, I can't say, I can't ask other people, pray for direction for me, ask God to show me where to go. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I'm not opposed to that, but the best thing to do is to just draw near to him, and when you spend time in his presence, then he will say, you've drawn near to me, now I need you to go do this. That's when he'll give you an assignment. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you, you read in the book of Acts where Saul and Barnabas, they were, they, were, they were just ministering to the Lord. They, they were there with a bunch of other guys. It just says that they were ministering to the Lord, fasting and praying. So in other words, they were not there in God's presence asking him for anything, but you can ask him for things, but that's not why they were there. They were there ministering to him. They were praising God, worshiping God, telling God how awesome he is, just spending time in God's presence. And then the Holy Spirit told the other guys that were with Paul and Barnabas, separate now Paul and Barnabas to the work I've called them to. Because they, were t- they spent time in God's presence, and then God said, now I have an assignment for them. See? So no matter what we face in the end times, as long as, we, I mean, God, as long as I am in God's presence and I am seeking his face, he will take care of me. Amen? And I want to close with one last scripture. Turn with me to John's gospel. Promised you a short sermon today, see? <laughs> gospel of John. I did elaborate more than I thought I would, though. John 15. Anybody have any questions on this? John 15. And I'm going to read starting in verse 9. And this is Jesus speaking. I mean, all these verses. I mean, you go, you read John 13, 14, 15, 16. Jesus is just, he knows he's about to go to the cross and he's just sharing his heart. Verse 9. Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Now, see, so <laughs> the same, with the same, ma- the same quality, the same am- amount, the same consistency of the love that the Father has loved me, I've loved you. That's what Jesus is saying. It's the same exact love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Abide there. That means, Terry, just kind of hang out. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that flow out of that. I mean, his joy, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, when, I, when, when his joy it remains in me, because in the Old Testament we see the word said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, as his joy remains in me and as I, and as I be joyful, as I be thankful and I abide in his love, I, ha- I am strengthened. See, so many good things here. So many good promises. 
And then we love one another, and we see all that flow. I mean, this is, it's, it's right, right up here. You know, love God, love others, impact your world, and then remember your first love. Everything that God does is, is out of a motivation of love. And we have many people out in the world saying, well, if God loves everybody and God's in charge, why, why so many bad things happening in the world? We can, we, I mean, we, can, we have answers for that. God has extended his love regardless you know, and really, it's just up. It's up. His love is up for grabs, if you want. If, you know, if you want to put it that way. Amen. So just be by Jesus in His love. Amen. That's all I have for you. Let's pray, Father. We thank you so much for your love, and uh, I ask, Lord, that. I ask, Lord, that everyone here would experience more of your love. That it, that, that it would just, that it would, uh, it would be right there in front of them, that they can just grab it, you know, and, and run with it, abide in it. You know, I, I just, I ask, Lord, that, that your love becomes so real to all of us that we can say, this is, this is my reward. This is, this is the best. And nothing in the world Nothing in this world can compare with your love and how valuable, how precious it is, Lord. I thank you, Father. I ask that you protect everyone as they go. Lord, for those who called in and they need, they, they need healing for their bodies, I ask that you heal them right now where they are. I ask that your, your, your healing touch would begin a recovery process in their body. And I thank you, Lord, and I praise you. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, well, you're dismissed. I'm just going to come down here, and anyone who wants to join me, we'll spend some time in prayer, and then we're good. All right, here's God.